This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Love is the most basic human longing of the heart. Every person wants to be valued and loved, but she lived in a messy family. She grew up with an inner turmoil and pain. You see, she was the oldest sister, but she wasn't the favorite sister. And you'll remember that we've talked about that, that favorites aren't good in the first place, right? But I'm just bringing it up because she wasn't anywhere close in the conversation. And it began that way for her early on. In fact, the day of her birth, the day that was supposed to be a joyous, wonderful occasion, a day of excitement, her parents looked at her in disbelief. She was born with with what they called at the time a weak eye. We don't know if that was a drooping eye or a protruding eye, but what we know is that's when the rejection began. And we know that because of the name they gave her. The name that they gave her is a a pleasing name to us today. But remember back in the day, back in the day, the names meant something. And so they named her Leah, which again is a great name today. But but back then, Leah meant something. And it had two possible meanings, either worried or cow. Neither of them an appropriate name for a precious little baby girl. A little while later, her her younger sister was born. They gave her the name Rachel, which means you like a a lamb, a, a soft, cuddly, cute lamb that everybody wants to hold. And and Rachel was the apple of her father's eye and the delight of everyone else's eye too. She was beautiful. She was a head turner. And so the stage stage was set in this messy family for a very ugly sibling rivalry filled with animosity and disdain, disrespect, entitlement, hatred, jealousy, and rejection. Leah spent day after day, hour after hour in her room all alone, with the heaviness of her emotion and a pit inside her stomach. She just wanted to be acknowledged. She just wanted to be noticed, to know that she mattered. She dreamed. She dreamed that there would be a day where a guy, a guy would actually hold her and love her. Her sister was promised to be married. 
And on the day of the wedding, the night of the wedding, actually, the father came to Leah, the older sister, and gave her the wedding gown and the wedding veil, which was different back in that day than it is in ours. It was a heavy veil. It wasn't see-through. And Leah thought to herself, did the groom love me all along? She was so excited. She was so happy. She was filled with delight. This was great. Her tan-colored skin actually even blushed pink with embarrassing love. And later that night, when the groom consummated the marriage with her, he called out the name Rachel. And there was Leah. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know what to say. She was crushed even then more than ever before. She sat and did nothing. But then the morning came and the light came and the groom looked over and there was Leah. And he ran out in a rage and he went to Leah and Rachel's father and said, what did you do? And the father gave this excuse, you know, we, we give the older daughter away first, not the younger. You see, what was really going on in his mind, what was really going on in the father's mind was, this is my opportunity to get rid of that wearied cow. Leah was crushed. And now the stage was set for a sibling rivalry that was a hundred times more than it was before. As Leah and Rachel sought after and fought after the love of the same man. Leah gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, which means to see. She was thinking now, now finally my husband will see me as someone worthy, as someone valuable, but that didn't happen. A little while later, Leah gave birth to another son. She called him Simeon, which means to hear. And she said, now maybe my husband will hear me, will notice me, will acknowledge me, and not just say, whatever, get, a, get away from me. But that didn't happen either. She gave birth to a, a third son, Levi, Levi means attached. And it was her hope and her prayer that now after three sons, that her husband would finally be attached to her. But it didn't happen. And she gave birth to a fourth son. And she named him Judah. Would you say Judah with me? Judah. Okay. The name Judah means to praise, as in, now I will praise God from whom all blessings flow. It was a different time and it was a different place. But the pain of messy families and, and sibling rivalries and, and rejection inside and outside of the family are just as real and raw today. Let me read to you that account of that messy family 
that I just shared with you as it's found in God's word in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. It says this. And as I'm reading this, just picture yourself there, okay? You're just, you're just witnessing all this stuff unfold before you. After Jacob had stayed with him for a whole month, Laban said to him, just because you're a relative of mine, should you work for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed and I want to make love to her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob. And Jacob made love to her. And Laban gave his servant Zilpah to his daughter as her attendant. When morning came, there was Leah. There was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you've done to me? I've served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, it's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week. Then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years work. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his servant Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her attendant. Jacob made love to Rachel also, and his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive, but Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, it's because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again and she gave birth to a son. She said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again, she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, now at last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So he was named Levi. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. It was a different time and a different place. But the feelings that are all involved in a sibling rivalry, the feelings of rejection inside a messy family and outside of a messy family, they're just as real and raw as they are today. Leah felt 
She just didn't add up. She just wasn't very beautiful. She didn't have much worth. Isn't it great that we live in a, in a day and a time where a, a person's value, a woman's value, if you will, uh, isn't dependent, you know, on her looks, that that doesn't determine her narrative? I, I mean, isn't it great, like, for the Super Bowl halftime show, how they just went down the street and they picked every fourth person and said, you get up there on stage? Oh, oh that, that's not how it happened, was it? It's still very much the same today. Without us knowing it, without our permission, we've been enculturated to think that beauty equates with someone's worth or value. The more beautiful a a, a thing is or a person is, the more worth they have, the more value they have. That's what we've been taught by all the magazines that we see when we're at the checkout counters. It's by what we see in movies and television and social media and the advertisement. It's a clear message. Beauty has its perks. Because this is our background, the comparison game is full on in all of our lives. We compare ourselves to others. Do I add up? Do I measure up? Am I as pretty? Am I as gifted? This comparison game goes on wherever we're at. We're inside our families, right? It's maybe an inner voice. Sometimes not. This this comparison goes on when we're at work, when we're at school, when we're in the grocery store, when we're meeting with friends, even when we're at church. And because of this, a whole lot of us have feelings of inadequacy. Think if if we can't add up, you know, if, if someone looks better than we do or is more gifted, we have all this shame. And we take a step back. And we may not even know or realize we're doing, but we take a step back. We, we isolate ourselves at least a little bit. We get a little bit more lonely. We, we may not even know it, but we're, we're putting on a shell. And every now and then, jealousy and, and animosity breaks out. Uh, and it cuts like a knife. Do you know anyone who thinks... If, if I could just have this one thing, then I'd be okay. If I could just accomplish this one thing, I'd be it. If that one person, if that one person would just love me, I'd be sad. I, I wouldn't need anything else. Do you know of anyone who ever wonders about their worth? about their value? Do you know of anyone who who wonders if they're pretty enough or strong enough? Do you know of anyone who wonders, does anyone notice me? Do I count? Do I matter? Do you know Aaliyah? 
Aaliyah physically or a Aaliyah spiritually? I bet you do. And I bet some of us think that we're the Leah. We were created in God's image, perfect and beautiful in every way. And when Adam and Eve fell into sin, they distorted us spiritually. We're disfigured spiritually. We're uniquely ugly spiritually to this degree that we will often give more credence to someone's opinion of us than we do of the truth that God says to us. We're we're so sinful, we're so messed up spiritually that we will take the, the opinion of someone else over the truth about what God says about us, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to share with you the the rest of the story on Leah. It's a part of the story that most people don't know anything about. And to do this, what we're going to do, remember Leah and her story was in the first book of the Bible, Genesis. We're going to pick up her story in the first book of the New Testament, Matthew. Okay. In Matthew chapter one, Jesus has got his uh, genealogical line before him. It's like he's gotten the report from ancestry.com and he's looking at it. Okay. And, and I want you to know too that I think if, if Leah would have been able to see this, ahead of time, it would have changed how she acted and reacted and how she thought and how she felt about herself from the very beginning. Matthew chapter one, verse one. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah. That's Leah's boy. (laughs) That's Leah's boy. Okay. And so we got Judah there and we're going to go down. We're going to keep on going and it's going to be generation after generation. You know, a son is born, son is born until we get to verse 16. and, And it says, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Leah, the one who was unwanted, the one who was rejected, is in the line of the Savior who wants all people who rejects no one. What we find is Leah is not rejected. Leah is royalty. God changes rejection into blessing. Leah is actually a princess. Leah is actually a princess. If you're feeling rejected, unloved, unwanted, 
of no worth, no value. It's like no one notices me. No one recognizes me. No one has the time of day for me. Know that God has a plan, a plan to bring Jesus into your life because Jesus values and loves every person. No ifs, ands, or buts. Jesus values and loves every person. Are you valuable? Are you worthy? Are you beautiful? God believes so. So much so that he sent his son to be not Rachel, but the lamb of God, the beautiful, the perfect lamb of God to take away all of the ugliness and the grossness and the gruesomeness of our sin. An early believer by the name of Paul says this, but God demonstrates his love to us in this. While we were still messed up, while we were still ugly, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In what we call the Lord's Supper, Jesus gives us his body and his blood, his beauty to us. A traditional hymn says, Jesus, your blood and and righteousness, my beauty are, my glorious dress. Jesus turns the table on rejection inside and outside of the family. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not our sin, not someone else's opinion of us, not our own opinion of ourselves, not even death. You see, you're not your looks. Whether you like what you look like or not, you're, you're not your looks. We're not our waist size. We're not our dress size. We're, we're not our bicep size. Good thing for me, right? Right? Uh, why you laugh like that? <laughs> you know? We're not our photo on our Instagram account. We're not how many likes that we can generate. We're not how much interest we can garner from other guys or other girls. We're so much more than that. So much more than that. So much more to offer. So the best thing that we can do is learn to develop what matters, our heart. And so it's okay to get ready in the morning and take your time and pick out your clothes and try to look nice and all that. That's good. That's fine. You know, I have to have my wife do it, you know. But spend some time working on the inside, developing your heart. Spend some time listening to God in the scriptures 
praising God in prayer and in song, confessing your sins to God, and confessing that God is greater than all your sins. Because you see, that's a truth that will change us. That's a truth that will change our messy families. That's the truth that will change the world because God is love. And God knows that the most basic longing of the human heart is love. Let's pray. Lord God, as, as we come to you this morning, come as we are. And we want to see like you see. Because that's the truth. Lord God, through Jesus, you've made us beautiful. You've made us handsome. Through Jesus, you've made us worthy. You've made us valuable. And this even, even though we've been rejected by others, and even though we've rejected you, Lord God, move into our hearts and let us see the truth that in your eyes, in your life, you made us beautiful. You made us to be a blessing. You made us to love the lonely, the outcast, the forgotten. Lord, thank you for coming into our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.